Hello. Hello. How are you doing? And very welcome to this first podcast. So I suppose really, um, sports psychology has been co- has become very important, a very important part of every sport nowadays. But uh, you do a, a different type of uh, sports psychology. Could you take take us through it? Yeah, I I've been a professional athlete for almost twenty years now. And uh, I've been, I'm, I'm also a clinical psychologist and I had the opportunity to, to meet and collaborate with some of the best experts in, in the neurosciences and also in um, interpersonal neurobiology. And, and I've been working a lot of, with trauma, um, psychological trauma. And uh, as a result of all of this, I, I developed a new therapy for clients for patients and then uh, because I was uh, I've been working for so long also with professional athletes I I adjusted the techniques and the practice and the um, experiential techniques um, for them uh, for working with the professional athletes and uh, my method is called mirror training method and this method, as I was saying, is a result of a, of a, a modification of uh, the mindful interbeing neurotherapy that is a very advanced therapy. And uh, actually, this method is very unique because uh, works with professional athletes in front of a large mirror. Both uh, the, the athlete and the, the psychologist work, work together in front of a large mirror. And uh, the mirror um, helps us to to do uh, very um, specific experiences that can modify the functioning of the brain very deeply, and in a very in a very implicit way. So um, instead of uh, uh, instead of working on on explicit uh, on explicit at the explicit level, so more on what the person think and what the person uh, say or do. Uh, we work more, more on uh, activating certain part of uh, certain specific areas of the brain uh, with uh, eye move- movement and uh, with, with some specific techniques. And then we help the client at that moment to do new experiences, uh, significant experiences that can create new neuronal paths, so new neuronal connections in the brain, more effective new neural connections. So we can add those ingredients, emotional and, and physical ingredients that were missing for the athlete to, to uh, achieve a better performance. So um, this is really based on the, on the last studies of, on the functioning of the brain. And we work a lot with um, image exercises, with um, eye move- movements, because moving the eyes in certain in, in, a, certain, in a specific part of the mirror uh, activates different areas. So we can uh, have uh, we can ask the, to the athletes uh, to the athlete to move the eyes in uh, I, I can say down on the left, for example, and activate some. Um, emotions or, or what we call the emotional part of them. And then uh, we could ask them to move the eyes maybe on, on the top, uh, uh, right on the top and of the mirror. And they can feel, instead of feeling maybe le- less vulnerable, they feel 
stronger. So actually the mirror becomes uh, like a new dimension in which uh, we, the, the athlete could, um, the athlete and the, and the psychologist could put all the different ingredients, uh, emotional, physical, attention ingredients uh, that can uh, allow the athlete to, to, to really create the, the, the most effective experience that can shape the brain and um, reshape the brain and help the, uh, the brain to function at the right moment when the, when the, the competition is uh, at the hardest part um, in, the, in the best way. So that's the, yeah, sorry, go ahead. Yeah, no, no, you're grand. Um, because I was just wondering how long did it take to develop this type of therapy and how long, has, uh, how long have you been using it in your own practice? And on uh, athletes and yeah, we I, actually the, the the therapy for the patients was used uh, was a we I developed the the, the therapy uh, I started to use actually the mirror and then I developed the therapy uh, in the seven in the seven years but and and also the in the last seven years and also the method because as soon as I I, I developed I, I started to develop the the, the Therapy. I realized that that could have been very effective also with athletes. So I I started very quickly to I had the opportunity because I was already working with athletes uh, to try to use the mirror with them, and uh, I adjusted and I introduced also different techniques that are um, very unique techniques because uh, uh, some some techniques are uh, I I, I taken. Some techniques from other therapies, and but I, I'm using them with a mirror, so it's a bit different. But some other techniques are, are completely unique, and uh, so I've been using this method. And I, I, I've started to develop the method seven years ago, and I've been using with uh, athletes and, and uh, patients uh, this method for seven years. And um, I suppose, what's the huge difference between using this and using the other? Like, I mean, like su successful, it's obviously been very successful, but uh, as a bit, I, I suppose it seems to have been more successful, we say, than any other type of uh, psych psych or, um, you know, psychology, um, psychology models, I suppose. Yeah, be the best yeah, yeah, we, um, we are... Um... We are starting now to do some um, some research for the for the um, clinical aspect, um, yeah. and um, with a collaboration with a couple of uh, universities. Uh, but we have no data to compare this method with other methods. We can also say from a, a, a clinical, sorry, an observational perspective, like. Uh, uh, just uh, in the setting uh, of, uh, um, of the school psychology uh, of the sessions with uh, different athletes, we can say that it's much faster and also it works at a different level. So um, we, what usually happens in, um, is that in the, uh, in the sports psychology, usually um, there are a lot of, uh, there's a lot of work on, uh, on, um, analyzing thoughts and uh, changing thoughts and uh, uh, um, writing specific statements or doing specific uh, exercises, behavioral exercises. 
um, with this method, uh, we work more, as I was saying, at an implicit level. We could also stay in silence in front of the mirror, but just moving the eyes and making the client do different experiences uh, directly. As, so all the session is a, a process and um, an ongoing process. So um, uh, the, uh, the idea was, um, the idea that I had was uh, that um, really the mirror becomes like a pot in which we put all the different ingredients. So we see, we uh, assess what uh, is missing and then we try to make the client activate certain areas of the brain that are connected with the, with actually with um, with his mental limits, and then at that moment we create new possibilities for the for the athlete, making him uh, doing new experiences. So we introduce those ingredients that uh, the athlete uh, the athlete need need. Um, uh, and uh, so the first. The first thing, the first difference is that we work a lot at an implicit level. So it's more uh, something that uh, ha happens at um, uh, not at a verbal level, but more at a, a very um, at the level of the experience. Then we the second a second phase after we have been working with this for for quite a while. We 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 work in an explicit level, so with a more more regular uh, sports psychology. That's it, and I suppose really, it's sports psychology has become um, a huge aspect of sport now, all sports. But I suppose, taking for example, spe more specifically in football in the modern game nowadays, because you know it applies in such a wide range of situations in sport. You know, like. I suppose players, players that are looking for clubs, players that are left out of the team for whatever reason, um, players that are injured long term, um, that you know they're not finding they're not finding it easy at training. You know, there's a whole wide range of things that can stress players out in sport. Uh, what's your experience of working with 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 players on the, on that aspect, and uh, what what are your thoughts on that area? So I. Actually, um, I've been working one one of the my first uh, the the first athletes that I worked with was a, a a football player at a professional level in Italy, and uh, so I had um, the possibility to start working with him. And uh, um, from what I see is that uh, uh, having been working with many many football players. Uh, what I've seen is, uh, I'm seeing is that uh, actually now the sports sports psychology is starting to develop more, but um, I think there's there's still a lack. Uh, so we need to do more for athletes for many different reasons. From the reason that you were saying, and then uh, also there are so many aspects. I mean, uh, I think that the mental, the psychological aspect is. Uh, is uh, actually the key aspect, and uh, I don't think, uh, especially all the, all the, um, uh, the coaches or all the field of of um, of, um, of football, and but also in the in the other sports have uh, have, um, uh, have understood yet 
the the real importance how effective could it could be introducing and implementing uh, the right method for working with athletes so i can give you just uh, an example um, that is it's very very clear it's not in a football but uh, i it's a uh, it's clear for every athlete i've been working with an athlete for six months uh, now and this athlete have been a uh, um been practicing is um is at the highest level of uh, track cycling and uh, and uh, he has been uh, uh, working and uh, training for 26 years actually uh, so all, all his life uh, and um, he has he has has been uh, always uh, in the condition. He has been always lifting uh, maximum 120 kilos uh, with a squat and uh, working with the mirror training method without really working on the on the body. But I mean, uh, uh, we were now doing exercises in front of the mirror. He he's practicing with uh, different techniques that I've touched to him. Um, every day, uh, so he's doing one session of training, and then and then he, before the session of training, he's doing the mirror using some specific techniques. And then after the training, he's using other techniques, um, and uh, he's been doing this for six months. And now he's lifting 165 kilos. So, so he improved so much in that, and uh, and also. He has improved a lot in in uh, obviously in uh, in his performance. So he's really doing great, and uh, but still reaching the point in which he's really changing everything and uh, and going to a different level. A part of his brain is stopping him to do that because a part of his brain is really structured in a way that he hasn't he cannot really change and and become something different so what we are trying to do is to have that part of his brain to go through that and and allow him to change so now he's really is this um, what is really happening with him is that some fears are coming up and we are working on those fears that are fears of being injured, of being, becoming injured in, in, a, in a specific part of the track. So, so yeah. he's going, we are working on that and he's already improving this and he's gonna go through this and he's going to Tokyo actually, he was already selected for Tokyo. And uh, um, I will be there with him. And um, I'm sure that if we go through these fears and we're going to do it, he will be at the top. He will be really at the top. Um, so in football, um, as a, in many other disciplines, uh, I think uh, that uh, people don't really understand yet the, the, how powerful, the, the, how important the psychological uh, aspects are and how to work with them. Because uh, um, I think there's also an, an aspect related to the fact that it seems that sometimes uh, sports psychologists 
seems to be seem to be in competition with uh, coaches or with other uh, other persons in the that are helping the the athletes, and uh, it's not it's not the truth. I mean, uh, sports psychologists are really working together with the coaches and 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 adding something that is. Uh, is already in uh, in the regular training because you you train a lot uh, sports psychology or the mentality the uh, mental attitude during the training obviously but if you add the work in the in uh, in the practice with the, the psychologist it could be exponential I mean the, the the improvement could be exponential and and the athlete could really reach levels that he who he would have never thought to be able to achieve that's it that, that and that's the great thing to see um from your point of view with the people you work you know they come in and they have you know they're kind of that they're thinking one way and we say maybe negatively they're worried about something as you said uh, i suppose there's two there's two uh Sides to injuries. There's the player, the player or the athlete worrying about it, yeah. And then when it actually happens, or if it, if a player or an athlete does get injured, yeah, it's oh, especially in soccer because I, I know as a sports therapist myself, yeah, when you're dealing with players, that's the one thing to worry about is okay, I'm injured now. How long am I going to be out? Yeah, you know I can't train. I won't be involved with my teammates. Yeah, how you know will I get my place back? Yeah. And it, it's very frustrating. And as I suppose as a former player myself, I, I can associate with the player. But you, you kind of have to be handy at getting into players' heads, I suppose, do what I'm doing to actually get them to do what they need to do as part of their recovery. Yeah. So um, what I do is I just kind of make them, I say, right, well, this is what you need to do. And how does that work? So I suppose really from a psychological point, if they feel they have an input, into their recovery that they, they, they kind of claim back they kind of claim some of the ownership yeah of the you know of their recovery as well and i think when they think like that then they're more inclined to do what you need and uh, now it's very tempting to, for for a player that the the one to could the one to take shortcuts and all that but i try and say well listen we want to get you back as soon as you can as soon as we can but you have to be right because I mean, having recovered from an injury is one thing, but then you have to regain the fitness you would have lost due to injury, due to the injury. So, you know, there's all, there's all that around, around um, in players that are injured. But uh, most players, most players are grand because the first thing they they just want to get playing, they just want to get playing again, and uh, that most players are are kind of willing to do what it takes to get back. Yeah, yeah, uh, you're totally right. And uh, uh, actually, with the mirror chain method, we have a specific uh, uh, work we do with um, with injured players uh, because uh, uh, if the fact that the player is injured doesn't mean that the player cannot still uh, work mentally on the performance. So we we work at an imagery level and uh, we work in front of the mirror with them with the athletes and actually i teach them how to work by themselves at home so they have to do also then a, like a, 
um, diary of what they do during the day, and then we 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 talk about that. Um, and um, so that we what we want to do is to keep the ner nervous nervous system be trained in um, keep. I mean, sorry, to keep the nervous system trained um, in uh, during the period in which they are in in which they are um, injured. And uh, this helps them a lot to get at the at the at the level where they were playing before uh, uh, faster. Uh, even I mean, I, I obviously they have to work physically and, and on the fitness and everything. But um, what we know is that the mind doesn't really recognize the difference between imagery and the real experience. So if they work in a specific way with imagery exercises that we have uh, adjusted uh, with the neuro training method, uh, they can uh, they can uh, uh, train their brain and also still physically uh, maintain a, a, a certain level of activation. So they are. They are faster when they are they faster in the reaction, and uh, they can uh, uh, actually. There are also uh, studies about uh, image exercises that can help the muscles to work without doing physical exercises. So it's a way to work indirectly when they are when they are injured, also on the body but uh, without doing physical, really physical exercises. And then uh, also to train the mind. So when they come back, they can, uh, they can uh, perform um, uh, at, the, at the quite, um, at the at level uh, quite uh, soon, at a very high level quite soon. And, um, and also there's another aspect that is really important that is that the injury, uh, injury is um, like a trauma for the for the athletes. So yeah. um, the the brain is is really working all the time to protect us. So despite of what we want, the brain will act and will make us feel something that can uh, uh, that can can preserve uh, can preserve us from having another injury. So um, despite of the fact that we want to win, that we want to play, perform very well, the, the experience of a, pre, um, of, a, of a trauma related to the injury, psychological trauma related to the injury, will uh, slow us down, will make us being very cautious in doing things. and. Uh, and this could be very difficult for for athletes that want to perform at the at the high level because uh, it's like having a scar a scar uh, and and not being able to to uh, uh, really uh, make that scar recover completely. Uh, um, That's it. That's it, because I suppose as at, at an elite level in football and in other sports, um, 
there there is a lot more, well I, look there's pressure in all sports I suppose at all levels but more so at a higher level because every single thing a player does whether it's good or bad everything is scrutinized it's out there on social media yeah. you know the there's journalists writing negative things you know that they, they kind of build a player up they, when a player is playing well they'll write all these great things about them but it's like they play ten, they play ten great games, and they've won. They have the the eleventh game. They just have a bad game for whatever reason, and the media can kind of you know knock knock a player down yeah. because of that one. They don't, they don't think of the ten previous brilliant games they played. They focus on the one bad game. So I suppose that that can that can. Uh, you know, play on people's minds, and you, you know, it, it is a lot of play. It is a lot of pressure on the player as well. So, I mean, it's I suppose you could say it is part of the job, but uh, you know, it's learning how to deal with that and uh, deal deal with it quickly. You know, because you don't have that. Yeah. <laughs> you know, you're going from as we say, you're a young player. There's not that much media attention. Next thing you start improving. Yeah. Then they bring in, you're brought into the first team, and then you start playing fantastic. And then there's all these expectations on on a player as well. Then the, that they feel that they have to perform, like even though they're still developing and learning the trade at, at first team level or level or that, you know, it's it's kind of tough on a player. So, you know, there's there's that side of the game, there's that side of sport as well, isn't there? Yeah, absolutely. And uh, if you consider. The top, um, the top uh, clubs that um, they every year uh, spend millions of uh, of pounds or euros or whatever in a, in a, in a professional uh, players, and uh, and how many of them are not able to adjust to the new teams? Uh, and uh, and they start they they don't play well and then the media's uh, really re- really uh, remark the fact that they are not playing well and they and they are not able to recover from that for some reason so every time I see things like this I, I and I think uh, uh, also in um, from the club's perspective I think wow. How, how many millions are you wasting uh, because you are not able to understand that that player is having uh, is going through a difficult moment and you should you should really uh, help him in a, in a, in a way that the player could express himself at the top as he was used to do before yeah. I mean if they were aware of things and and able to to do the right thing at the right moment, the play, or also to do something to prevent this, so to help the, the new player to adjust to the team. I mean, these are professional athletes, but they are also human beings, and so and it, it, many of them are yeah. so young. So you you, it's like, but the market it is so. Uh, I mean, they it, it's something they, they are buying, they are selling, and they are not really understanding this topic. They could do much more, and there are so many athletes. Also, I can tell you that they have a, an incredible potential, but mentally they they should work more. They should work in the in the right way. So, so if they would work in the right way, they would be able to 
to express all their full potential and, and they would achieve much higher uh, levels. So um, I think uh, um, the medias are, are a, a real problem and I see very tough players like uh, now I, I just have in mind because I, I uh, have been watching this the last games of uh, Juventus in Italy and uh, there's a Dybala uh, that uh, last year was playing so well and this year is having this period in which he is not really playing uh, at the level and, um, and there's something that as soon as a club uh, sees some, something like that, the club should really try to understand and help that athlete to go through that period faster. Because otherwise, those this would be a loss, an incredible loss for the for the club, but also for the team, for what the team could do. Because obviously, uh, Juventus have, have has so many athletes, uh, so many players, but Dybala was doing the difference uh, last last year, and and this year is is still not playing at the level. So um, I think they should be able to immediately pick up that something is going wrong and do the the right thing to have the athlete to go through that. So understanding what is happening in the mind of the athletes is a, an important thing. Uh, my idea, yeah. Sorry, so go ahead. Yeah, that's it. Because I suppose really the, a player when they're going through a bad patch like that, um, the support that they get from their club and their manager is key. But maybe I suppose, you know, <laughs> I suppose managers and clubs sometimes have a, a tunnel vision and they only say, all right, well, this player isn't playing well. And if they're thinking of selling the player, then they're they're worried about, well, will they make, you know, for, for some managers or for some clubs, it's about, Oh well, can I make my my can I make my uh, the money back on the player, or will the player lose lose his or her value because of it? You know, because of bad form, maybe the player if it's a striker they're not playing well, or they're not scoring. Um, you know, there's t- things like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly, exactly. This is the point, and uh, and um, there are some scouts now now that are starting to think about that and. Uh, and they are asking me to help their their, their clients. So, so the idea is that they, if they can help the, the, the clients to, to maybe let's say that they have a, a, a player that is, is um, um, that they pay the less and we are able to work, uh, uh, sorry, club pay less and they were able to work with a, with that athlete and make that athlete uh, achieve a different level, then they they can be they can be sold at a different amount of money. Uh, so it's like it's really yeah. a business. Everything is a business, but we need to go back to uh, to the fact that these players are human beings and they need to have help. And I'm and when I say this, I, I I'm thinking not only to the professional athletes, but I'm thinking also to all the boys that are now in academies and the, they they are released by by academies or or they are still in the academies but stress is so high we need to help them uh, we have seen the in the um, in the past weeks 
that one athlete, one one player uh, uh, decide decided to make suicide because he was released from a, a very important club, from an academy of an important club. This is this is unacceptable. It's not possible. We need to go yeah. back and think that these players are human beings, and they have chosen to play football because that was their passion. They need to. They, we need to help them to go back to the, their passion, even if the the academies or the clubs want them to play at the best. The best is not. Uh, we not. We cannot force ourselves to to play at the best. We need that is it should be like uh, um, something that comes aside. I mean, uh, uh, we. I th- I I'm used to say to the athletes. The best is the one that express more, uh, is able to express more passion. So they need yeah. to to work on that, and they need to be helped if they they tend to to um, uh, think that they have they are worthy if they play well or they are not worthy if they don't play well or they when they create all these anxieties anxieties if they are not able to go through the the mental problems or they or the mental blocks, as I, as I call them, um, they need to be helped. And I think that the clubs should take the responsibility uh, for this because uh, actually clubs are made by players and, and they should take, care, or, yeah. uh, should take care of these players. I think also, um, they, I mean, these athletes have everything, but they need to, to I know that um, the academies and clubs have psychologists, but probably we need to do more. We need to do more. Yeah. That's it, because um, I suppose, um, as you know, like with my with my uh, sports therapy clinic, we're partnered with four two, you know, four four two yeah. sport management group, our uh, official sports partners of of my clinic, and I've been working. You know, I've gotten to know Joe yeah, over the last yeah. couple of weeks, and some of the players and coaches that he's involved with. And he was telling me that you work with you, yourself. You work with some of the with some of his clients as well, yeah. and uh, you know he. he you came very, very well recommended, recommended, and uh, you know, do what I do as well. It's kind of, I think, the psychology, sport, sport psychology, or psychology in sport, is very important. Um, you know, in an all-round sense, in sport, it's a, it's an important part of sport. But I suppose, really, from your point of view, how do you find working with four four two? Uh, sports management and their clients and uh, what are your thoughts on it in general? I think they are great. Actually, I think uh, they are one of the yeah. um, I mean, I've been, I've been working in the, in the field, I think uh, I, I, I was immediately very impressed by by them because they are really trying to do uh, to, to go in the same direction where, uh, where I am going. So we are uh, they are trying to help um, to help athletes that were released or that they, are, they want to improve, to work on very uh, at the very different levels and and become able to achieve their goals, but in a in a healthy way, in a healthy way. And when I yeah. say healthy way, I mean also psychologically healthy way. So and. 
and I mean, it's a nice, it's a nice uh, atmosphere. It's a nice, uh, it's a different kind of of um, group. So I really recommend that they're they're really great. That's it, because um, I suppose really from from knowing Joe and speaking to yeah. Joe and the players and the coaches that he has done, um, it is really a positive atmosphere because he actually they actually do think about what's best for yeah. the player. So other agents or whatever, and I'm not I'm not shooting down other agents or anything, but some agents kind of think about what's better for themselves and how they can make yeah, more money yeah, rather than the yeah. welfare of the player that they're representing. There's that side to it as well. And, you know, that that's the refreshing thing about 442 sports management. Yeah, yeah exactly. Said. When I was talking about scouts before, I was I was exactly talking about, about uh, uh, what I've been uh, uh, knowing in the past years. Uh, it doesn't, uh, what I said yeah. before, it, it, it doesn't really apply to to Joe and 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 this wonderful group um, because they yeah. they are really working uh, the feeling that I have is that they are really working uh, for for the good for the good uh, and um, yeah. and uh, I have to say something about Joe he's, he is, he has been really really nice also um, also when we Firstly, Matt, we he immediately responded in a very nice way, and this is for me is really a, a good sign when I have to collaborate with someone. When uh, from the beginning, someone is really interested and is taking care of you in a very nice way. This is this is uh, I think uh, um, this is in his nature. So um, I think uh, uh, for me, it's really important to collaborate with. Uh, with persons like him, and um, uh, because I, obviously, I don't want to. I want to work to create something good. I don't want to work uh, for yeah. m- making money or making money uh, or making uh, other others doing money. There's nothing wrong with making money. Uh, I don't want to say that it's wrong, but. It doesn't have the, to be the first goal for me. I mean, that is something that yeah. that it's a, just a consequence of working well, doing the best for your athlete. Mm. So um, it should be like that for me. So first of all, you need to be uh, a nice, kind, and generous person, and then uh, eventually, uh, uh, money will will come to you. That's it. I suppose the the money comes back on the reputation you've built for being yeah. genuine, and I think the, the Joe being the type of person he 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 is, he would not, you know when when you were saying about scouts and and things like that, he's he, you know he's a very fair fair guy, and like he acknowledges that there are other play that there are some agents out there that are like that, and money is their first thing, and you know knowing you as he does, and you knowing him, he. I don't think you'd have to worry about him <laughs> thinking yeah. that you're, uh, you know, you're thinking bad of him because uh, you know the two you work well together and you work well with his, uh, with the with their clients and things like that and it, it looks like a, a very good future and uh, that you get on well because I suppose that that's the that's the key mm-hmm. to it, um, when when people are working together and things like that and uh, you know so thanks very much for uh, doing this the first podcast and hopefully it'll be the 
the first podcast of many more and uh, we'll catch up with it you again soon. It's been a really, really uh, pleasure. Thank you very much. Thank you. No problem. You're more than welcome and it's great. Thanks thanks very much for doing the interview and we look forward Wonderful. to talking to you again soon. So, listen, thank, so that, and that was um, Alessandro Carmelita who is a sports who is a sports psychologist